0: Thank you, Father. Why don't we just lift our hands this morning to God. Father, as we come before You, standing, sitting in Your presence, Some, some people here this morning. It might only be one. It might be a few, but there's a decision you need to make. There's an opportunity in front of you. There's, there's a, there's a choice coming up, and you, you're stressing about it. just don't know I have to make the right choice this is going to set me up for my future uh, if I make the wrong choice here then it's going to lead to stop it lift your hands God have your way allow the peace of God Which transcends all understanding to guide, to guard and guide your heart and your mind. Lean not on your own understanding. stressing about the situation instead of trying to figure it out. Just spend time with Him. Get a scripture or two in your spirit. Begin to speak that over the decision. And believe that God will show you the way. Be prepared to not hear an audible voice. Be prepared to not get pushed down one direction but be prepared to To have someone you trust, give a recommendation. Be prepared to just feel at ease with one of the decisions. Be prepared for a door to be closed. And instead of going rats, I miss the opportunity, go thank you God for showing me the way. So Father, I just pray for every one of us here this morning that is kind of sitting in that realm of unknown, choices, opportunities, heartaches, headaches, trying to solve problems, God, that we would lean on you and not our own understanding, not our own decision-making abilities. Jesus mighty name. Amen. Amen. You guys can grab your seats. Thank you team. Good work this morning. The return of the cripples. (laughs) Careful going down that step. Kebby's first time back worship leading for however long it's been, a couple of months. <clears throat> and uh, just to clarify, because apparently when I was up here last week and I, I looked like I was in pain, supposedly, because I was walking awkwardly, um, I had an operation, what are we now, seven weeks ago, almost, and uh, so... For those who don't know, I had a patellofemoral stabilisation with a medial patellofemoral, ligament reconstruction, a tibia tuberosity, osteotomy and arthroscopy as well. And uh, so three majors and a minor operation in one, and which is why I'm in the brace for um, six weeks, which is now seven weeks, and hopefully it'll be off this week. But it's actually easy for me, easier and more comfortable for me to keep moving Um, ...than it is to stand still, because if I stand still with the brace on, it's really awkward... ...and then my left leg goes numb, and then I can't move enough to get the pins and needles out of my toes. And so it's easier for me to just awkwardly stagger around, but there's no pain at all. So don't feel sorry for me, just focus on my words. If you need to close your eyes to block out me moving awkwardly from distracting you... ...then just close your eyes, don't fall asleep though or I'll find something to throw at you. So <clears throat> that's that. Done. And uh, life's good, right? There's hurdles in life, but life's good. And uh, it's fun doing life together. We're uh, in a little mini-series of Scent to Build the Church. And uh, looking at the book of Philippians at the moment, Pastor Lars kicked us off last week with a phenomenal message. If you haven't, if you weren't here last week, then I encourage you to jump onto YouTube and uh, watch that. It was a great message to kickstart this little four-week series looking at Philippians. Um, Pastor Kathy's going to continue that next week, which is going to be fantastic. But we're in Philippians 2 this week. And... uh, Philippians 2, there's a, a little chunk in Philippians 2 which kind of ties the book of Philippians together and uh, it's called the Messiah prayer, um, a poem sorry, not prayer, the Messiah's poem and, uh, and it, so it's Philippians 2, 6 to 11 and, uh, and so we're going to focus on that this morning just to bring the book of Philippians and there's three key things that really stuck out to me in this little poem that bring what it is for me to build the church and that's what we're doing right we're being sent to build the church we're not coming together to build the church we're being sent to build the church and so as I'm preaching this morning I really want you to focus on not what we do in our connect groups not what we do in our church service not what we do at our prayer meetings not what we do when we gather together I want you to think about what we do when we're sent when we go into our workplace when we're standing at the checkout, when we're dropping our kids off at school or picking them up and we're talking to other parents, when we're, when we're at work and we're standing around, does anybody still stand around the water cooler or the, the photocopier? I don't know if that's still, it's still a thing in TV shows. I've never been in an office context big enough that you actually stand and wait for that, but standing around the coffee machine or the mic waiting for the microwave because we're in that kind of instant world and microwaves aren't quick enough and... Uh, <clears throat> But, it's, but that's the context that I want you to think about, because we're being sent to build the church, all right? We're already in church this morning, so I don't need to send myself to you to build the church, because you're already here, all right? So this is, think about what we do when we go out. And for me, reading this scripture, the first time I read it, I went, oh, well, that's easy, I can be... I can be these things in my connect group. I can be these things at a prayer meeting. I can be these things on the pulpit. I can be these things in the context of church. But suddenly thinking about it, why well, I'm not building a church here. We're building a church out there. Okay? And so suddenly it becomes a little more challenging. Suddenly it becomes a little more confronting. And so Philippians 2, 6 to 11. The Messiah prayer, poem. Keep calling it prayer because that's what we generally do. But, And I'm reading this, I bounce around between different translations when I'm preparing a message. And the Passion Translation, Emily was on it this morning as well, so I would generally preach from the NIV. But the, the Passion Translation really just stuck out a lot more for me when I was reading this. And so I'm reading this text. From the Passion Translation this morning, it says, He existed in the form of God, yet he gave no thought to seizing equality with God as his supreme prize. Instead, he emptied himself of his outward glory by reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant. He became human. He humbled himself and became vulnerable, choosing to be revealed as a man and was obedient. He was a perfect example even in his death, a criminal's death by crucifixion. Because of that obedience, God exalted him and multiplied his greatness. He has now been given the greatest of all names. The authority of the name of Jesus causes every knee to bow in reverence. Everything and everyone will one day submit to this name in the heavenly realm, in the earthly realm. And in the demonic realm. And every tongue will proclaim in every language, Jesus Christ is Lord, Yahweh, bringing glory and honor to God, his Father. So much in that, that, like you could do a full four-week series on just that, those few verses. There's so much in there, but we don't have four weeks. We've got 40 minutes. And so... We don't have 40 minutes, it's all right. As I heard a couple like huh? Um, we don't have 40 minutes. <clears throat> we might, we could. I could easily, but I won't. But there's, there's a couple of key little bits in that, that as we're being sent to go out, that challenged me as I was reading it, to step up to the plate in. And so, that's the first one, so we'll go to the first one. And so, he became human. He humbled himself and became vulnerable. See, it's so easy in a connect group context, it's so easy in a prayer meeting to, to be vulnerable, right? When you're around people that you're connecting with regularly, when you're around people that you might have known for for an amount of time, to be vulnerable in front of them and share part of your world that you're struggling with can be easier than if you're standing around the microwave in a work context, than if you're standing around with a group of mums or dads or combination of having a coffee after dropping your kids off at school. But becoming humble to the point of being vulnerable, can I tell you that's how we're gonna reach people in those contexts? That's how we're going to reach people at the microwave. That's how we're going to reach people at the coffee machine. That's how we're going to reach people standing in the line. It's not by going, yeah, I'm a Christian and I've got everything all intact and I've never got a problem. I'm the perfect citizen. It's like because people just look at you, people just look at me and go, goody shoes Christian over there, happy-clappy, got no problems whatever and they just brush Christians off because that's the model that we are because we've got everything perfect because we've got Jesus and you need him so that you can be perfect like me and that's the mentality that that's the conversation that goes on in in the community right am I wrong or am I right it's like you've you've seen those conversations you've heard those conversations I certainly have But what Jesus' example is, not to go around and pretend to be perfect and pretend to be what he wasn't. He humbled himself as a perfect man, as a sinless man. He humbled himself, became vulnerable in doing that. Choosing to be revealed as a man. Choosing to reveal the one thing that could Bring him undone. Now, I'm not going and saying, let's go out and while we're standing around the microwave for everybody to reheat last night's dinner for 60 seconds each and we're standing there for 10 minutes wasting our 30-minute lunch break going, come on, this is... should have just brought my ham and cheese sandwich. It's, instead of like going to that point and going, oh, well, I've got 10 minutes standing here, I'm just going to break down in tears and lay my life down. Let's not get carried away with how we do this but but there's opportunities for us to step in when someone's sharing their struggles as a parent there's opportunity there that instead of going well you need to do this this and this to fix it there's opportunity there to go you know what me too I've got holes in my walls me too I've had toys thrown at me me too I lose it sometimes and in those moments of being vulnerable there's a little doorway that opens up. It's called trust. There's a little doorway that opens up. And so in those moments, we've got opportunity. Parents or parenting finances, two of the biggest issues at the moment that if we allow ourselves to be vulnerable to an extent, I'm not saying go and pour out your heart and end up with the lunchroom all in tears, uh, but, but to an extent for us to, when everyone's talking about how you know, this and that and they're selling a second car or they're selling a, a camper trailer or a boat or a holiday house or whatever because they, they just need a, that little bit of extra income in their world at the moment because they're struggling with that as aside, Instead of just going, what are you doing that for? Where's your faith? Where's this? It's like, how about me too? Things aren't easy. It's like I've struggled to pay some bills lately too. Like I've I've put a little bit more on my credit card than I would have wanted to. It's not it's not easy. You're right. And those moments of vulnerability open an opportunity for us to step in. Open an opportunity for God to step in. And do something in that person's heart, do something in ours and create a dynamic where he, not where we, but where he can be lifted up. And so number one this morning, if we're being sent to build his church, not sent to build his church here, but sent to build his church out in our communities, number one, I believe we need to humble ourselves and be vulnerable so that we open doors, not close them. We then read on, he was perfect example. Even in his death, a criminal's death by crucifixion, because of that obedience. Because of that obedience, God exalted him and multiplied his greatness. Because of that obedience, because of the obedience of being humble and vulnerable. So when we're obedient, you know when you get that little, oh, I should pay for that person's groceries. Oh, I should just stop and say hello. Oh, I should encourage that person because they r- look really nice today or their smile just made me smile. Oh, I should, I should offer to, to, to get that person a meal because I just heard they're struggling. Oh, I just, it's not appropriate, but I really just want to put my arm around him and just say, it's going to be okay. Because of that obedience, Jesus what does it say? Let's go back to it. God exalted him and multiplied his greatness. Because of that obedience, because of us stepping out and being vulnerable, because of us stepping out and being humble, because of us stepping out, into the unknown, where we might get shut down, where we might have an opportunity to feel a little bit awkward and uncomfortable because of that obedience of us stepping out and doing that. Can I tell you, Jesus Jesus was exalted. Jesus' greatness was multiplied. Can I tell you that this morning, church, that because of your obedience, God can multiply your greatness. God can multiply the opportunity that you say yes to God can get some multiplication on that because of your obedience. But if we're not obedient, like I so often am, where it's like just go encourage that person, it's like, oh, but I really don't want to speak to them today. I don't have time. If I end up in a 10-minute conversation, I've only got two minutes. I need to get to here and there. and No, it's just not going to happen. Because of that obedience or lack of, greatness was not multiplied. I've lost the opportunity, I've missed the opportunity. Will that opportunity come again? I don't know, but I've just missed that one for God to multiply greatness. But when I do step out, when I do, I've shared before every now and then when I'm at the supermarket, I generally do the little test just to see how much they've got before I go and do it. But you know, when someone comes behind you, it's like, it's fairly rare that I'll pay for someone's whole shopping trolley. I can't think of a time. I think the biggest I've done is a shopping basket. But someone comes and they've just got a newspaper or they've just got a tin of tuna because they've got it for lunch or they've just got something small, a two litre milk or something and, and they're standing behind you in the queue and it's like, yeah, just put that through with mine. And the person's face that you've just paid for there, that's one thing, but the, the person behind the checkout, when they go... Are you sure, so yeah, absolutely. I'm like, huh? But that's theirs. Well, like, Yeah, that's fine. It's only five dollars. It's not a three hundred dollar shopping cart like ours. I'm like, I'm waiting for the time when someone returns the favor and pays for. <laughs> so we don't, we don't go to the shop for those sort of shopping ventures anymore because it's too hard. The truck brings it to our house, and we need a shopping trolley just to get it from the front door into the kitchen. But, <clears throat> but those those opportunities. They're priceless do I know what happens in that moment down the track I've got no idea because generally I don't know the person well not generally I never know the person if I know you buy your own groceries but at random I might I'll bless them I oh, will bless other people as well but but it's like because of the obedience of stepping out and being vulnerable, because of the obedience of humbling myself and saying, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sort this. Just as a little example, the opportunity for God to step in in that moment is incredible. Suddenly that person's life, I feel, oh, someone does care about me. I don't know whether that person was having the best or oh, the worst day of their life. What I know is I just made it a little bit better, however it was going. And so can I tell you, be obedient. When you hear the voice of God, when you get that little prompt, when you get that little moment of, oh, do I do this or not? It's a bit of a stretch. I don't normally go and speak to people. I don't normally purchase something for someone else. I'm not normally a hugger. I'm not normally a, a smiler back. People smile at me and I am mm-hmm and just go through life with the, my normal frown on my face. It's like, I don't want to smile back at Trent. He's, he's always got a smile on his face, but I don't know why. His life can't be that good. Don't be that good. I love your smile, Trent. I love the fact that you walk in the room and you smile at everybody and everyone goes, oh. I walk out feeling better about life because Trent smiled at me. It's like, well, don't just go through life and not tell Trent that. Let him know. And then he'll walk in with a bigger smile on his face. But the obedience is the thing. The obedience is, don't just start walking around throwing out comments here and there and everywhere just because. It's like the obedience is the thing that makes it authentic. The obedience is the thing that gets God on it. The obedience is the bit that we need to catch on. Because of that obedience, God exalted him and multiplied his greatness because of our obedience church of what we learn about in here what we do out there because of our obedience not in here but because of our obedience out there in our community God can multiply the greatness of this church right what do we want to be as a church we want to be a growing and influential c3 church can I tell you because of our obedience we can have more influence because of our obedience we can grow more Because of our disobedience, we stay the same. Because of our disobedience, our influence shrinks, not increases. It's as simple as that. Because of our obedience. And so we need to be obedient. We need to answer that call. We need to lift our voices. We need to extend an arm when the time is right, when we get the opportunity. Humble ourselves, become vulnerable, and be obedient. He has now been given the greatest of all names, the authority of the name of Jesus. The authority of the name of Jesus. The most encouraging thing in this text that I read as I was reading it over the last couple of weeks and rereading it and rereading it, the most encouraging thing was the authority of the name of Jesus. It's not about me. It's not about whether I'm feeling confident or not. It's not about whether I've got the finances or not. Use your finances responsibly. There's my little disclaimer there. But it's like, don't just go throwing away thousands of dollars just because and then not be able to pay your rent or your mortgage and get kicked out. It's like, that's not what I'm encouraging you to do here. There's no point giving away your last meal if you don't have, it's like, you know what I'm saying? But because of that, The authority of the name of Jesus causes every knee to bow in reverence. Everything and everyone will one day submit to the name of God. We've got the opportunity, church, before us to go into our community, into our workplace, into our friend space, into our whatever we're doing. However that looks, whatever context that is for us, we've got the opportunity not to go in our own strength, not to go with our own abilities, not to go with our own gifts, not to go with our own finances, not to go with our own words, not to go with our own actions, but to go with the authority of the name of Jesus, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, to go in his name and not just with his name, but in his authority. And make a difference. How cool is that? That it's not about me. It's not about you. And so that's the most relieving thing that I've read. This is not about me. It's about not going in the name of John. It's about not trying to build the church of John. It's about not trying to build the profile of John. It's about not about trying to build this list of accolades that I've done this and I've done that and I had that conversation and I bought this for that person and I encouraged that person and I saved that person's life and I saved that person's marriage and I saved. It's like, no, the authority is his, which means the glory is his, which means when it doesn't work, it's not my problem, it's his problem. How much of a relief is that? Because how many conversations have you had with a work colleague? How many conversations have you had with a family member? You go, oh, if I give the wrong advice or if I say the wrong thing or if I do the wrong thing or if I, oh, I'm just going to let them down. No, if you're going in the obedience of Jesus, if you're going in the authority of God, it's not on you, it's on him. And that's meant to set us free so that we can go freely and actually do what we're meant to do. Not to just hide away, not to just shrink back, but to step out in faith because he wants to build his church. The only way he can build his church is if we're obedient. The only way he can build his church is if we answer the call. The only way he can build his church is if we get over ourselves. We get over our insecurities. We get over the stumbling blocks that we keep putting in front of ourselves. Step out, step up, and be obedient. And so, Father, I pray for every person here this morning. God, we come before you. God, we humble ourselves. Why don't we stand this morning, church? We come before you, God. We humble ourselves to a place of vulnerability. God, help us to be obedient. God help us to be obedient. Just aside there, you know, one of the biggest things that encourages obedience is testimonies. And so if you have a moment today tomorrow this week why don't you be bold don't go posting it on Facebook that's for trolling people post it in your connect group chat send it send it to a friend hey I just did this it's not about gloating it's about building something in your connect group it's about building something in your relationships and encourage each other you know what, I just, I just paid it forward. or I just had a moment with a family member where I encouraged them. Don't know what it's going to do, but I heard God and I was obedient. And if we can get that rolling through our connect groups, get us looking outwards, not inwards, get us looking into our community. That'll be a phenomenal shift. And so, Father, I just pray that as we're obedient, God, we would encourage one another. God, we would encourage each other in that. God, I thank you that as we humble ourselves, as we're vulnerable, as we're obedient, God, I thank you that we're not going in our own name. God, it's not up to me. God, it's up to you. And so, Father, I pray, as I did to start, have your way. God, have your way in my life. Have your way in our lives gathered here today have your way in the lives of those watching online Father have your way in our community as we step out God help us to be part of building the local church help us to be part as we're sent to build a growing and influential c3 church right here in the adelaide hills talked a lot about Jesus. We've talked a lot about God, which is a good thing from a pulpit in a church service. But I don't know where you're at. I don't know where every person is at in this building this morning or watching online this morning. And so I want to give you the opportunity to join God's family. says all that we need to do is believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that he is Lord so if you've never done that maybe you've believed in your heart for a little while but you haven't got to the point of being able to speak it out there's a prayer online on our webpage if you're watching online if you're sitting here you can go home and read that as well but why not now I'm going to close the meeting but if you've never prayed a prayer to invite Jesus into your heart he's knocking on your door this morning saying let me in I want to come in I want you to be part of the family. If you've never prayed that prayer, I don't want to embarrass you in any way, but I do want to pray that prayer with you this morning. So I'd love you to come down the front during this song that we're about to sing or after the song, come speak to me. Come speak to Pastor Emma. We'd love to pray with you. And we'd love to empower you and equip you on the journey of becoming a disciple, becoming a son, a daughter of Jesus Christ. If you're watching online, please get in touch with us. Flick us an email. There's a link there to do that as well. We want to, again, equip you. You might be watching from other places around the countryside. There's nothing better than getting knitted into a local church. So we'd love to be part of that process for you as well if you've got other prayer needs, healing needs you want to respond to the message whatever it is as always the altar is open as well so some of the team will stick around here and pray with you if you've got anything that you need to get through it's not a place of need it's not a place of being needy it's a place of exchange. It's a place of encounter with God. So can I encourage you to come forward if you need prayer? We'd love to pray with you. Otherwise, God bless you. We'll see you Tuesday morning, Thursday morning, Men Tuesday, Women Thursday, 6am for prayer. It's going to be phenomenal. God bless you. Thank you team.